Hello and welcome to the Re-Evolve Media Revolution podcast. In this podcast, we interview hip-hop artists from across Canada, learn their unique stories, and discover how music has had an impact. This episode features Estedon. Everyone has their side of the story, and everyone's story is an important and unique role in this great mystery called life. Many different things happen in each story, many defining moments in between the build-up for the next or the fallout from the last. It's amazing to reflect on different moments from our past and see how our perception has changed, how we view those memories, almost to the point of changing the event itself. An interesting phenomenon I'm finding common as I talk to people and a personal belief I also have myself is that there have been no bad experiences. No point in the story is regrettable, and that every point was necessary. It sounds like it's making peace with the past, but I feel as though that's just an auxiliary benefit. I think the main thought here is to respect the past. Respect every single point of the story, in fact. Good or bad. If we could do that for our pasts, imagine what we could do for our futures. The story goes on, and here we have a few pieces of Estadon's. What is up, everyone? I'm here with Esteban. He goes by Estedon. He is out of YYC Calgary, originally from Colombia. How you doing, Estedon? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Um, and so initially, that, that does stand out for me that you were from Colombia. When Was that move recent? Was it a long time ago? So it was actually when I was two years old. Two years old. Yeah, I was two years Damn, old. dude. So do you, do you have any recollection of memory from that era? Or is it all kind of just on the back burner somewhere in the abyss? So any memory, I think I have maybe one memory of Colombia. And it's being in like a very small kind of like apartment and just like seeing like my grandparents. That's, that's the earliest memory. That's the earliest memory. That's crazy, dude. So it's just a kind of like a visual memory, no sound, no real like anything else? Yeah, exactly. It was just, I, I can't say whether it was a memory or a dream, but when I think of Colombia, wow. I'm like, this was, I'm in that's this. That's the most like vivid thing. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting, bro. And and I can't say anything for myself because I don't remember anything probably from even like 10 years old. So that's that's pretty crazy <laughs> that you can at least have like some sort of image from uh, from uh, that time in your life. For sure. So uh, after Columbia, did you go straight to Calgary or where did you go in between? So we moved, uh, me and my family, we moved. Obviously, my parents made a decision on, on our behalf. Uh, moved to the U.S., to New Jersey, and then into North Carolina. And we lived there for about 10 years. Oh, that's crazy, man. In the States for 10 years or in North Carolina for 10 years? Uh, it's in the States for 10 years, in New Jersey for two years, uh, North Carolina for eight years. That's crazy. Okay. And then you're 12 years old and you, you jumped over to Canada? Exactly. That's wild. Straight to Calgary? E- somewhat. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much? Okay. All right. And so then Calgary's been your home for the last X amount of years. I actually don't know how old you are if, you, if we want to timestamp this. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm 22 years old. 22 years old. Okay. So you've been here for about 10 years. Correct. Yes. That's dope, man. And so do you, I, I guess I have, I have a question like coming from Colombia, your parents were probably very Colombian and, and stuck to their heritage a lot. In the, in the States, do, were you very familiar with your heritage uh, even to this day? Well, actually, it's interesting because like where we lived in 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 US like in in North Carolina at least yeah it was a fairly like it was a mixed area but it was pretty much mostly white suburban area 
And so a lot of that culture that we connected to, like as Colombians, was when we went went kind of outside of our neighborhood. So whenever we would go to like Statesville to our church or whenever we would go to like like uh, just different areas in, in, the, in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, that's when yeah. we would connect with like the different Latinos and Colombians and stuff. But like inside of our home, it was pretty loose. My dad was a lot more strict. He, he was more the one who was like, you guys got to speak Spanish in the house and this and the other. My mom was hey, okay. My mom was really more relaxed about it. She was like, whatever you want to do, like, it's really up to you. She kind of let us, she allowed us a lot of freedom. So that's crazy, man. That's wild. It's very interesting as well. But let's, uh, let's start to get into your music a bit here then, unless there's anything you want to talk about in terms of that transition between, uh, Colombia to America to Canada now. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't know if uh, if you've heard my songs or not, but I speak about immigrating from Colombia to the U.S. and to here. And I do hear about it in your music, yeah, for sure. Particularly it, in your track "Let's Go," you mention it right from the get. Exactly. Hop, somebody call a corner. Hop out four deep shit. All foreigners. Quarters in a tour bus, screaming like the chorus, speeding past the border, never thinking like porous, just different. So yeah, it's like speeding past the border. That's really how we arrived in in Canada. So not really looking back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you guys leave a lot behind there or did everything come with you? I guess in this term, I'm thinking of your grandparents. Uh well, our my grandparents, we definitely left a lot behind. Well, what do you mean, like from Colombia or from the US? From Colombia, maybe even from the U.S. Yeah, why not? Well, from Colombia, it's, it's hard for me to say. I I know that we obviously like because I left when I was two years old. Uh, and you're escaping as like refugees, you said. Yeah, absolutely. So we, I mean, we actually came to Canada as refugees. We left. My parents oh. left from Colombia for multiple reasons. One was to chase a better dream, a for better sure. lifestyle. Uh, a better life for themselves. But it was also because there was a lot of political turmoil happening around that time that my parents were involved with. At least my mom's I side see. was. Okay, okay. So she kind of had to move us out of that situation and everything else that was happening in Colombia at the time. So, uh, you know, that's how we came to the U.S. And then from the, the U.S. to here, we we had to leave everything again, right? Leave, leave pretty much everything. Well, how did that come yet. to be at 12 years old? Uh, I mean, it was... It, I, I guess we just packed up in a car and just got here. So <laughs> Interesting. So it wasn't really like you guys were like escaping, escaping anything necessarily. It was just kind of like a move more or less. Well, okay. So when it, as far as I know, and this is just from the things that I've read from our immigration papers, it's For from, sure. from Colombia. My mom and her side of the family were involved politically. Her parents, or sorry, her uncles are part of teachers' unions. So they're more part of leftist politics. And in okay. Colombia, there was um, kind of a rift between leftist, leftist politics and right politics, between the paramilitaries, which were on the right, and the, you could call them the left, you, they called them extremists and like the FARC and things of that nature. I, I only know a little yeah, bit yeah. about it. But for sure, my parents or my mom, she was actually, the, I think she was the receptionist at one of the law firms that, that represented like a lot of these leftist unions or whatever it is. And, okay. and they would receive death threats from, from the paramilitaries, from the AUC. They would receive death threats, uh, phone calls and whatever it is saying That's like, crazy. hey, 
Exactly. And so you can only, ima- I mean, I can only imagine trying to raise children in that environment on top of everything that's happening threats, with the yeah. drug trade and Pablo Escobar. Cause my mom, like she kind of, I'm pretty sure she was a kid when that shit happened. So like, and beyond everything else of like living in a third world country, there's, it was like a mixture of all these things that made us, or at least made, from what I can understand, made my parents decide to move to the U.S., for sure. So, so essentially, they grew up in some some darker elements, and then were still exposed to that when you guys were very young. And then just wanted to make sure you guys weren't exposed to that as you grew older. Essentially, yes, absolutely, and that's how we got here. Right, is through that you know that story. Interesting, man. That's crazy. But things are much different from uh, from that uh, dramatic side of life. I'm assuming. Yeah, for sure. No, things are good now. Much better than how they were before that's good to hear brother all right yeah let's let's start to jump into your music so i can start to see that you started releasing tracks around 2017 correct me if i'm wrong but under the name sound starting with an x (laughs) that's crazy yes i'm surprised you found that somewhere yeah what do you think of your your older music 2017 it's quite a while ago especially when it's some of your first tracks that you're releasing uh one of the first i guess uh monikers that you're putting yourself out there as or was this even the first uh title that you gave yourself sound it was for sure and what did you think about it when you heard the music i want to know i don't know man i i think you could listen to some of these tracks and vibe back to them because i know like tracks like like peso that's a vibe man crazy i i enjoyed it for sure. It's one of those tracks that you can you just throw on and you just have fun with, right? Mm, that's dope. Do you ever listen to your older music? You know what? That era, I kind of, I tried to put behind me. Really? Yes, but actually, because every now and then, like, my brother will bring it up to me and be like, yo, you remember when in Bounce? Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, the real day yeah, ones. Yeah. The real day ones would For come sure. up and be like, yo, do you remember this old stuff? And I, I try not to pay too much attention to it, but it was, I think there is, like you said, there's some redeeming qualities to the music back then. So... Yeah, I, I think right? it's 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 got some redeeming qualities. Well, one of my favorite parts about, and especially in looking into an artist like this, is you get to see where they started compared to where they are right now. So for your most recent track, Dreamer, that you put out on November 27th, comparing that to like one of your first tracks, uh, was When In Bounce your first track that you ever put out? It was. It When In Bounce yeah. was the first track I ever put out. Yep. So while you can still hear like the the hard hitting bars behind the artist and like the mentality, you still keep that the same. You can see how you've grown and developed. And I feel like that's super important when it comes to especially when you're looking into an artist. For sure. And I think something that I I didn't have a concept of before that I do now is bar structure. So like how to structure a bar. Right. Because I, I didn't really know when the kick or the drum was or when I was supposed to end my bar. I so, see what you're saying. Yeah, if you go back to a lot of my older music, you'll you'll hear the the flow is kind of like a little bit all over the place. Sometimes it jumps on beat, sometimes it's behind the beat, sometimes it's before the beat. And so See, but that's the thing about hip hop is offbeat is a style as well. And I didn't think I don't I maybe you weren't aiming for it exactly, but it probably sounded good to you at the time and it sounds good to your day ones too. I I would hope so. I know I look <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I I look back at it and I hear it and I'm like, oof, like I know there's, again, there's redeeming qualities to it, but I know what for I'm sure. capable of putting out. And I think it for that time, it was the best that I could have put out. So Interesting. That, so if you could do it all again, if you, or if you were to do, redo any of it, it would be like a thousand times better, essentially. Yeah, for sure. But I, I wouldn't even say I'd redo it. Like I would, I'm 
I'm happy with how it turned out. It's just, I know that what I'm capable of now is so much better than what I put back then. And so I just, gotcha. I, I try not to dwell on it too much, right? Okay, fair, fair, fair. So in, that's kind of like in 2017, you were you were under the title Sound. And then uh, in 2018, you released Clock In EP, which were some of those tracks from 2017, but in now an official EP. Um, that's, that's it, right? Clock In? Clocked In. Correct. Clocked In, yep locked in what uh so going into creating music you're obviously you've got some plans in your life going on beforehand so you were probably busy with those i'm assuming while you're doing music at the same time or what was the transition like going from what you were doing before into starting to create and put out music well well, my life before i was putting out music i'll say the year before i was putting out music was like 2016 yeah 2016 even 2015 was very different. And different, like not even music related at all. No, but it it's the way I can describe that time and that place because it holds a special place in my heart is, I guess, looking for something, respect. I was looking for like respect and, and like redemption of, of something. And to add context is because like that time for about a year say about a year, a little bit less than a year. And then even before that, I was getting into uh, smoking a lot. I was drinking. I was turning 18. I just graduated high school. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And so I I made some reckless decisions. Let's just say that. Hey, okay. Interesting. Shall we elaborate or should we just keep it as reckless decisions? Uh you know what for now we'll just keep it as reckless decisions <laughs> read it read it in the music read between the lines exactly and yeah and in the lines bingo yeah absolutely and i mean it's not even something that i i mean i thought that was what i was gonna pride myself on years down the line is those decisions that i made interesting but now i can look and back and say okay there was things i learned from this just from like a relationship standpoint a business standpoint for sure, for sure. a risk-taking standpoint but that's not at all what I what really defines me. You know what I mean? It may be what defined other people. And that's what I was looking up to and saying, damn, if these people did this, then I must have, I got to do this. But that's not interesting. It's not what's going to define me at the end of the day. And so I, again, it's something that I, I look back and I say, I, there's redeeming qualities. I learned from it, but I'm not going to dwell on it too much. Fair. Okay. So it's not entirely regretted since you, you learn stuff and you're taking a lot from it, but it's not something you're looking into too much. The only thing I'll say is that I, I do, the only regret I have from that time is the fact that I fractured my relationships. And that's the only thing I'll put out there if anybody ends up hearing this, especially my close friends is like, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I did that I apologize for. So, you know, I just... I wish everybody the best, but that's that's probably the only thing that I'll look back and say, like, damn, that, that kind of hurt. So, Man, I, I feel you on that. And so just a question, I guess, in, in relation to that is, did you, did you like let the relationships kind of fizzle out or was it kind of like falling outs that happened or it was, was it just... It was like a fizzle out. It was like a fizzle out. You just didn't, you didn't tend to them as much as they probably deserved time to. Exactly. Fair, man. It's crazy though, because I find that happens as you get older. And then that I, I could felt I could feel the sincerity in your apology. Let's put it that way, man. Thank and, you. I, and I know that you're I know that it's coming from a really good place, which is which is super dope. And I hear hope someone who needs to hear it does hear it because because that's what it is, man. And especially when you're when you're creating music and trying to put it out from your heart, that's those are the people you're trying to speak to as well. So saying it directly is really dope. 
Word. And so one of the reasons why I ask is uh, because the title clocked in, it just it just symbolizes that you you know you're on shift and it almost seems like you're always on shift uh, in a sense and you're always, always working. And then this is a transition coming from that life you were living previously to that life that you're living now. And so even even in being clocked, always clocked in, maybe that's, uh, I don't know, it's like a pro and con of having those relationships or, or let's say... I don't even know if it's fair to call it troubles with relationships because I feel like it was almost necessary in a sense. I don't know though because I don't know the all the details, but I'm just kind of reading into what I can see. Absolutely. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So it, when you put out this this uh, project clocked in, were you kind of working 24-7, 365 or like what, what kind of stage in your life were you coming out from that, what you're calling like kind of like a, maybe like a darker era and then coming into this music inspired era? I think Does you said something that was accurate in the sense that you know that that feeling of always being clocked in always on shift always working it's something that i've kind of adapted as my mentality especially as of recent almost out of necessity because you got to think when you're somebody who's out of high school and you, you know i chose not to get a cause degree or anything of that nature and my parents didn't have any sort of inheritance and we weren't really coming from a situation where somebody was just going to hand me anything. You know, that mentality of being clocked in and always having to work, it comes from like a sense of survival. Jeez, it, that's crazy. It, it comes from a sense of in order for me to put food on my table and, and live like just basic needs, I need to always work. And this is a mentality that I think is adapted by a lot of people especially immigrants coming to this country, is the fact that we always have to be working. One job, two jobs, three jobs, side hustles. Everything's on the go all the time. And it's something that I speak on in Dreamer, actually. Did you get a chance to hear that track? I did get a chance to hear Dreamer, man. And it's I, I hear it through Dreamer as well, for sure. And, and that's essentially what I'm trying to convey is that mentality of somebody who always feels like they have to be working job after job after job just to pay for their bills, just to yeah. make ends meet, just to provide for their children, their dreams, their aspirations, even just to provide a basic living. And that's that's a mentality that I've seen it growing up. And it's something that that's I... man. It's something I want to explore, but it's also something that I know is good and bad in some senses. I like it, man. I, I like the way you describe it, essentially, because it, it takes away from from the dreamer as just being someone who's like reaching from the stars and just like got their head in the clouds. You know, it, it, it paints the dreamer as someone who, who really has no other option. And really, that's, and I think that's amazing. That's really the situation that we put ourselves in. When Do you we put, put ourselves in it, though. Well, when I say I put ourselves, I speak on behalf of like my family. And I and I say that because that's the situation that we were put in, I, that's a better way for me to phrase it, is we had to do anything and everything just to make ends meet. Of course, my parents put, you know, they did certain decisions and made certain decisions so that we could live a better life. But that is a situation that we, you know, find ourselves very often is that do or die mentality of I'm either going to have to pick up these hundred extra shifts just to pay for this, you know, this this rent at the end of the month and then you know you're a kid seeing that growing up and you're like oh well this is the way that it's got to be unless you get shown something different 
And that for me was this music. That was a way for me out of that mentality and saying, oh, there's a way out of this proverbial rat race. And it's really real for immigrants coming to this country. No, there's a different way out of this. And one of those ways for me is something that I love doing. And that's music. Man, love that. And I love the way that you put it. We're going to take that uh, quick break here. We're at the 20 minute mark and then we'll get right back to it. Sound good? For sure. My dog. All right. We're going to listen to Estadon's track titled Let's Go. Enjoy. Yeah. Estadon. Listen. I came here as a refugee in Canada. And every day I stay dedicated towards my goals. Don't matter what's in front of me. What obstacles in the way. Every day we pushing, we working, we going through it. Chasing our dreams, going for our visions every day. Somebody caught a corner, hop out for deep shit, all foreigners. Quarters in the tour bus, screaming like the chorus. Speeding past the border, never think a lot porous. Just different, different AI doing different practice. Different kind of energy when I'm passing. Different income from active to passive. I'm actively living this rap shit, I'm gassing. Let me talk to y'all for a minute Man, I turned this podcast rap show to a business Refugee been hustling for years since I got admitted Man, I got admitted I was broke Then I fucking did it in the streets fitted Man, no kidding Catch me with a sweatsuit, man, cold chilling In the city where the feeling gets bone chilling Up more business, never stop, man, go get it Yes, I'll really Listen Dream only a dream if work don't follow it And I gotta put in this work Every day, regardless if I'm tired, I'm hungry. I gotta chase these visions, these dreams. I can't let it go. Let me talk to them. Oh, please don't let me go with the steady flow. Man, I'm ready for whatever, though. Got the Fetty dough, see it steady grow, ready, though. I'ma mix up Freddy Gibbs, nip in a little hole, goddamn. Some bitch, this is out of war. What you bought a fool for? Spot a Sean Carter tour. I'ma start a tour, open up that Sean Carter door. Couldn't afford a chain, what you bought a fucking starter for? Stupid. I'ma live my dreams like Snoop did. I'ma live my dreams like Lucid. I'ma work like Nike, just do it. Look at my net worth, I grew it. Motivation for the patient, got me waiting, got a basin, got a basement for the chasers, got impatient for the bacon, that's creepy, fucking racist, got a dream and got to take it, did some extra dedication, save your prayers, uh. All right, everybody, I am back with Estadon. Bro, how you feeling? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well, man. And so right before we left off on our break, we were talking about uh, kind of the misconceptions people might have in terms of... Uh, what it takes to be on your grind or, or just being on your grind in general, um, coming from a background where you absolutely have to, and you don't really have a choice. And so we we're talking about your locked in EP uh, released around 2018. Is there anything in particular you want to talk about that? Or are we kind of leaving that as the the background of what Estadon is right now as well? I want to, I want to say that that time was a time of me trying to, at least during that EP, figuring things out. Figuring things out, okay. And not just in life, but also with music? With music, with life, definitely. Definitely with music, too. Yeah, so just, you're just kind of like finding yourself? Exactly. Just trying to find a voice and and, and a way to express myself, you know, and, being being pent up and just emotions, you know? Yeah, for sure. And how to truly uh, not only express it, but uh, to get the message heard uh, in the way you want it to be heard. 
So uh, initially you released yourself as, as sound, again, starting with an X. That was in 2017. And then so coming into your next music here, your future projects, you uh, added your first name onto that. You tacked it into the beginning. You started calling yourself Esteban Sound in 2019. Correct. Yeah. What's, uh, so where, where did the initial name come from? And then this transition, what inspired that? So the initial name Sound came from, I remember it was the summer of 2017. I'd put behind the previous life that I had lived for a short period of time. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this music. Putting down all the going out every night, drinking and smoking and selling and whatever. And I'm just going to do this music. And I remember I was looking because I had heard this story of of um, other artists that would get their name from going to the dictionary. Hey. And so I went to the dictionary and I said, what word describes me the best or what I want to be. And I came across the word called sound. And I actually have the dictionary right here that I looked at. No way. Back in 2017. Yeah. And and the definition, I think it had four definitions on there. And from what I can remember, one of the definitions was somebody who was grounded in well judgment, like in, in like somebody who is, ah, I know what you mean. I forgot about that definition. Yeah. Like somebody who is balanced because I just came from a life of, of a lot of imbalance. And so I wanted balance in my life. And I said, this is something that I want. Obviously there's the dope for sure. There's the other definition of like vibration, vibrations that are caught by the ear. Right. Yeah. And then there's the third definition, which is uh, a small body of water that connects a larger body of water to a smaller body of water. Interesting. And there was these four definitions. And anyway, I kind of put those definitions together to be like, I want somebody who is well-reasoned in his decisions, who's good, who's good in life. I wasn't even thinking like living the lifestyle of being somebody who's up to... At that point, I just wanted life to be stable, to be good. And that's what I picked. I said, somebody who's sound and somebody who can do that through the work of sound through the work of, of sound, Sonic, like, not Sonic the Hedgehog, but, you know. <laughs> I know what you mean. But, like, no, dude, you know, I sounds. think that's so dope, yeah. yeah. I, the, I, I'm so glad you brought up the, the layers to it because I, I never, I completely forgot that sound had another meaning to it or even had multiple meanings to it. I forgot that that even could be a thing. That's crazy. So then in 2019, you ad- added your first name onto it, Esteban Sound. What inspired that transition? Well, the fact that, obviously, Esteban is my name, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, but what wanted you to add that onto your uh, your moniker there as to what you're going to be identified as? Because I think, uh, wait, do you, under sound, you were on, uh, what platforms did you release on? Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Okay, sweet. And then so did you, when you changed your name to Esteban Sound, did you uh, create new uh, Bandcamps, new SoundCloud, new profiles and everything? Just updated the existing ones. Ah, uh, okay. So it wasn't really a full-on name change. It was more just like adding, okay, I see. It's like it's like sound was always part of your name and now it's just more so. Exactly. Modern. What I went for when I changed my name to, like my when I put my first name there. Yeah. And it's funny because all these things come from, at least for me, inspiration. Seeking, looking for inspiration. Yeah. And, and it was the summer of 2018 after I got out of the hospital and I felt like I kind of put myself in a, in a mode of like, I was living the life of somebody else and not me. Yeah. Damn, dude. What, what landed you in the hospital? If you don't mind me asking. Hmm. Lots of things. Oh shit. I think it was a culmination of, again, that year of living reckless and then a, a hard year of isolation and depression and then karma. I, 
I, I look back at it like karma got back to me. All the things that I was doing, it, it, it got back to me somehow. It piled up and it just got to a point where that's where you ended up. Where I was getting arrested, got fired from work, and now I'm in the hospital for psychosis all within a month. Jesus, dude. And so this is even after starting and being inspired and releasing your music. This is like in the midst of all that. In the midst of it. Okay. This is in the midst of, yo, see, there's, I put out an EP and then I, after I put out a song called Liquor Got a Lady. And if yeah. you hear that song, you can hear the things that I was kind of seeing on a daily basis. People liquor and, and fucked up situations. And like, it was just, just a, a situation that would end somebody in a hospital. For right? sure. So that's what happened. And I got out and I said, again, I, I watched the movie called Fight Club. I don't know if you've seen Fight Club. I've seen it. Yeah, it's a dope movie. And in that movie, he talks about the character. He he built this whole character of somebody else in his head when it was really just him who was doing the Fight Club. And he, and it was caused from like a, a, a lack of sleep. I think that was from what I remember. That's what I got from the yeah, movie myself. Yeah, I can't remember the exact cause, but that sounds right. So the character lacked sleep. And so he created this whole character in his head to create this whole club. It's something along those lines. Obviously, it's a little bit deeper than that. But yeah, I took yeah. that as like, oh, I'm I'm doing something very similar to what this character is doing, creating a whole different persona outside of myself, and 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 really just causing destruction. Yeah, but detaching yourself from it so it doesn't really feel like it's you who's doing it. For the previous year, like 2015 to 2016, no. But for 2016 to 2017, yes. Shit. And so I said, what can I do to add to this name to give it some balance, to give it some genuineness of I'm still me at the end of the day. And oh, that's I why see. I added my first name to say, OK, I'm still here. Like, I'm still here, but I'm still putting out this music. And I and I again, it was a way to try to balance those kind of ideas out. Yeah. And then to, and to more established that you're grounded in your in your identity and that you want to be who Esteban Sound is. That's crazy, man. That's wild. And so under that moniker, you guys, uh, you worked with Nasty G, Geb Moss, and TD Jakes. Correct me if I'm saying any of these names wrong, but you guys put out a track called Right Our Wrongs. Well, me, Nasty G, and Geb Moss put out a, a song called Right Our Wrongs. TD Jakes was added after the fact. Tell me about it. Do you know who TD oh, Jakes like a, is? Like a remix? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. He's a very famous pastor out of Texas. I want to say Texas. Okay. And he has speeches all across YouTube. He has a massive sermon. He's a millionaire. We took his speech and one of his speeches from YouTube and put it at the end of our song. Oh, but me and okay, Nasty G and Get Moss, we all created the song together. So yes, we did put out a song. Okay, I see, I see. How'd you get to working with Nasty G and Geb Moss? I know Geb Moss is on a couple of your other uh, credits here, but how'd you get to working this project with them? Most of those, or at least that collaboration came from working with all of us working towards Hip Hop Certified. So Hip Hop Certified was a company, a multimedia company that I started that was really originated back in 20, I want to say 2014, 2015. Interesting. Okay. I did reviews. I did like these YouTube reviews when when album reviews were really popping on YouTube. Nice, when I was okay. in a, a little two-bedroom apartment with all my family, it was four of us in a two-bedroom apartment and I was putting out these reviews when I was 16 years old. That's dope. You mentioned that in one of your recent tracks as well. I think it was in Let Go or was it in Dreamer? You talk about uh, popping off a hip-hop podcast. Podcast. I mean, I turned this podcast rap show to a business. 
There you go. And I, I took those ideas and I re kind of branded them in 2018. And I started this company in 2019 called Hip Hop Certified. So we started putting out podcasts. We started putting out reviews. We started putting out interviews. And all of 2019 was pretty much just pushing this brand, Hip Hop Certified. Oh, and that's with Nasty G and Geb Moss, or are there other people included? So Nasty G was there from a very early stage. Same with Geb Moss. We were all together connected through Cypher Club, which was through Z the Free. And she would put on these events, this freestyle event every Wednesday of people coming together and freestyling. So I would go yeah. to that every Wednesday. And then I, in my own time, I would work on Hip Hop Certified. And so through those connections from Cypher Club every Wednesday, I started bringing people from Cypher Club into Hip Hop Certified. That makes sense. And we started interviewing people from Cypher Club. We're like, yo, what? there's so much dope talent that's happening in this room right now. And all these people are putting out songs and projects. And there needs to be a platform that, that exposes and puts these things out. And so I was just trying to fill a need at that point and said, damn, well, I could really do this and like make a hustle out of it. And that's what I did. So we started taking these artists that we would meet from Cyber Club and just interviewing them and putting them out on on. We would do shows and we would do all this kind of stuff. You can just search it up online to see all the stuff we did. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to find that stuff. Yeah. So this was around 2018? 2019. This is started 20... Real Origins was 2014, but the yeah. the year of Hip Hop Certified was 2019. So gotcha. you can search it up all if, if you want to. Hip Hop Certified. Oh, I'll look Hip Hop. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quality content. And, and that's what I did for 2019. And we were... Uh, to bring it back, uh, Geb Moss and Nasty G, they were collaborating with us at that time. They were help. Nasty G was actually the DJ. He started off doing reviews with us and then he became kind of our live show DJ when we did our live podcasts. And Geb Moss was also there helping with camera work. And again, it was just that mixture of Cypher Club, hip hop certified, and just the scene. Like things were really just happening around that time that we decided, you know, I came to them one day. And I, I wasn't even thinking about doing music seriously at this point. I was just like, let me just, at this point, it was a fun thing. I always had it in the back of my mind that this was something I wanted to do with my life. But I kind of put that all to the back burner because I was trying to like hustle and get myself in a good position financially. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I was just like, yo, well, let's come together and we're already working on this podcast. Let's see if we can make a song together just for fun, just to see how, what it would sound like. So I brought them this instrumental and I said, yo, I, Geb, I want you on the hook. And I said, Nasty G, I want you on the last verse. Hey. And we came together, recorded it, put it together and put it out at the end of the year. We premiered it and our final other end year show in 2019, we sold out Koi, had like 50 people come out to the show. That's dope. We premiered it. The response was amazing. The streams were like any crazier than anything I'd ever seen before at that time. And I said, this is awesome. I love the response I'm getting from this. And this is really what I want to do. The podcast stuff is cool and it's and it's good because it's providing people opportunities. But this music is really what I want to do. And that was the push that made me say, oh, I can take this seriously. And so, yeah, Right or Wrongs is like a stamp in time. Right or Wrongs is the song for the whole 2019 to say, boom, 
we created, we collaborated. Here's a song for everybody to listen to just for that time in that era. That's so dope, man. I love that. That's a timestamp like that. That's so cool. And then so Hip Hop Certified, where are you guys at with that now? Because the next thing that I can see for your own releases under Esteban Sound is in 2020, you did another track called Certified Live, which I'm sure ties into that as well. Exactly. So Tell me about it, man. Was that kind of like, are you guys still working on in that regard? Or? No, I've, I've, I mean, it's still a brand that I keep close to me. Um, and it's still all that intellectual property that we have. I mean, all that, all those videos. Yeah, it's still out there. So it's, I mean, and the platform is built. You can go on our Instagram. We have a platform. We have subscribers. Like we have listeners on Spotify. Like it's still a thing. It's just, we haven't, I haven't been active on it because I've been so focused on my music. It's something I can revisit maybe down the line when I have more time for it. But as of now, it's definitely, it's on the back burner because again, Although that's a great opportunity for people and for myself, for me, where I want to put my time and energy into is music. And that's ultimately what I want to. That's where I'm fulfilled. That's where I walk away from and say, I'm so glad I did this. I'm happy every time I listen to these songs. And there's so much to break down in it that that's where I'm truly fulfilled. And I had to make that decision for myself. And I said, if that means sacrificing hip hop certified for now or forever, then I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Because for me, this music is really where my heart's at. That's dope, man. And so what was Certified Live, the track, in regards to that? Was that kind of the sign-off and just the saying, hey, this is going to be on the back burner? Actually, that track I created way back in 2018. The lyrics of that track were created back in 2018 when I was still in the oh, liquor damn. store. And the original hook to that song was, if the move is sound, then we move the sound. If the move is sound, then we move the sound. Because I had a record company at that time called Sound Movement. And that was the original hook was me saying sound movement. If the move is sound, then we move the sound. I see. And I recorded it with Sean. Exactly. I recorded it with Sean Solman. Uh, I recorded at Diamond Needle Studio. And that was the original version of the track. And I had it sitting in the back burner while I was doing all this hip-hop certified media stuff and all this and that and the other. And I came back to it when I decided I was going to do this music. And I said, well, sound movement may not be a thing anymore, but I still have this brand and I still have this song. Well, why not give this brand a, an anthem and put in the hook certified, man, that's certified. I said, fuck hey. it, man, we'll do it live just to give the whole brand an anthem. And that's what I tried <laughs> yeah. to do with that song. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't really like a send off, like, oh, this is the end of it. It was more it like was more to even stamp it for what it is. Exactly. Yeah, it really was. It was to like double down on it and say, hey, now we have a song for us to. to that's dope. Yeah. And just like you said, the IP is always going to be there. And this is just to, yeah, like you said, double it up. Exactly. Definitely. That's dope. And so before we uh, get to our timer here and or go into too heavy overtime, let's go into uh, 2020 more heavily. And now you've uh, you've adopted the moniker taken on Estedon and you've released three tracks so far under that name. What uh, what was the inspiration to go from Esteban Sound into Estedon? Or was there was there like another like turning point similar to how like uh, your, your hospital moment or was it just kind of something more natural? At this point, it was something more natural. And I say that because I was in a good place at that time. Hey, I was okay. I was in a situation where, like, I, I was good. Like, I mean, I'm still good financially. But I, I literally grinded that entire year and a half to two years. And I got myself to, to a to point where, there. yeah, for me to be like, oh, I don't have to stress about my finances anymore. Like, I'm at a place where I'm good. 
You know what I mean? And that took a lot of time and effort and sacrifice. And I say that with like the utmost respect to anybody who's still in that situation. It's not like I'm financially free by any means, but I'm definitely at a point where I'm not worried about my finances to the point where it's stressing me and I'm hustling everything around me. Again, it goes back to that mentality of working 24-7, looking at everything as a hustle. That's a mentality that's like, it becomes ingrained and then it becomes like a lifestyle. And I was slowly transitioning out of that whole mentality and saying, what the fuck do I want to do with my life? Now I can actually ask myself that question and say, what brings me the most joy? What brings me happiness? What do I want to do with my life? And that's where I made the decision to say, I want a simpler name. I want to do this music. I want my name to represent something that's really dope. I came up with the name with Rubik's. We put the Dawn at the end of Esteban. Dawn meaning dedication over negligence. Hey. So that's really what it was about. That's interesting. Is is the Dawn the acronym as you're saying it? Is that always been a thing or is that kind of how it means to you? No, that's that from the beginning. That's why I changed it to Esteban was for that very reason, for to add dedication over negligence at the end of it. Interesting. Do you know where that acronym originally comes from? What, Dawn? Dedication over negligence, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's, I, I came up with that acronym. Oh, dude, okay, that's sick. That's crazy. Again, now, I'm, like, I'm just discovering the more and more layers to it. I love it. And, and I love how you mentioned that you uh, weren't trying to shit on anybody who's going through that uh, that phase or those phases. And in one of your first releases, it kind of signifies that you're kind of, like, speaking to those people where uh, your track makes change with, with uh, Rubex, who you just said to help decide your name, uh, where you guys literally talk about that change having, if you want change to be in your world, you have to make that change internally. Which exactly. I think you guys even put out a music video for that. And I know you're probably more inspired to go with the visual route these days because you've got visuals for all three of your tracks, it seems like, uh, probably inspired through your uh, work with Hip Hop Certified, eh? What do you mean by that? Just to, just to put out more visual content as well. I think that's something that I'm working towards right now is actually putting out visual content. I know the power of video is very important, especially sure. in, in today's day and age where everything's social media, everything's visual, everything's on, I mean, at least for me, Instagram or TikTok. And yeah, so if, yeah. if I want to capture that audience, something that visually is appealing and adds to the music can actually help a lot. So definitely visuals is important for me. And that's what it is. It adds to the music. It adds another layer. And it's really cool because for Make Changes, you did a music video. For Let's Go, you did a you did a well, one take music video where you just spit it. And then uh, Dreamer, you've got is that is that your actual blood bro? That is my bro- blood brother. Correct. Yes. Yo, yeah, your bro Juan telling the story from his perspective. That's so dope. I really thought that was cool because it adds it just adds such a unique layer, like you said. Word. I'm glad you enjoy that. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, honestly, man, I'm excited to see what's coming up next from you. But we are in a little bit of overtime here. Is there anything that you want to say to sign off to anybody who's listening right now? Man, just keep it, keep your eye out because we got lots more music coming out. And I'm not even going to like project in the future. I'm going to just say, watch the work. I have goals and dreams and visions for myself. I'm going to be chasing them. I've 360 my life. I want to shout out to Don Nation Music Group. Shout out to Don Nation Music Group. Shout out to everybody who's helped us out. Get Moss on Dreamer. Shout out to the mixing mat and uh, mastering engineer Leo. Shout out to all the producers that helped us out. Thank you to Jordan for having me on this interview. I hope y'all got something from it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, dude, it was a dope interview. Thank you so much, Estadon. I appreciate you taking the time and for doing this with us. Really appreciate it, man. No problem. All right. Take care, brother.
For sure. Have a good one, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. That was Estedon. If you want to learn a little bit more about him, go on down to www.reevamedia.com forward slash Estedon. And to sign off, we are going to listen to a track featuring Geb Moss by Estedon. Uh, this track is titled Dreamer. Enjoy and take care. With a vision, I can't wait to dream Riding round town, making rounds If the offer make a thou, I take it now I don't even make a sound But I know that making sounds is how I'ma take my crown Run the jewels, I can't hold my homie down Get it now, I'ma grind my mind and stay focused Illegal immigration, like taking how I broken Up so late, my schemes, they seem woken Doctor with the dream, the king, yes I'm chosen I'm a motherfucking dreamer I just light it up, no heat I ain't tryna be no sleeper Hit the gas with no meters Speaking lessons ain't no teacher Dreams I pull up in a beamer Crossing borders with no visa This what made me to a leader Dreamer I just light it up, no heater I ain't tryna be no sleeper Hit no gas with no meters Speaking lessons ain't no teacher Dreams of pull up in a beamer Crossing borders with no visa